0: Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. November will be your very last chance to take the Catalyst Coaching Intensive in 2019. If you feel called to this work, don't put it off for later. Become a coach and make a bigger impact.
1: On today's episode, Noelle and I are going to remind you that you are not for everyone. Noelle, what do we mean by this?
0: Well, we're talking about coaching, right? And we're talking about coaching in terms of um, who we are, how we show up in the world as coaches. And I think this is something that especially young coaches really hesitate with. Who am I? Yes, how do am I perceived and what does it mean to be different or should I try to assimilate?
1: Yes, and the fact that you're not for everyone is actually a good thing, although it may feel um, not good. It may feel like uh, a rejection or that, uh, you know, um, people don't respond to you. But what it really does when you accept that you're not for everyone is it narrows your um, – It narrows your reach, and that's a good thing because then the people that you are good for, uh, you are pulling in more.
0: Exactly. And that's such a weird feeling to contend with that there are going to be some people that don't like you, and that's actually to your benefit.
1: Right. I mean the world is way too big for you to think that you're going to coach everyone.
0: Oh, 100%. And so I I like to get down there into the psyche and figure out, okay, where did this start? Why is this something that all humans feel this kind of tug and pull towards differentiation as we grow into adulthood? And I found this really interesting concept. It was actually an article in Oprah magazine. And it was about quirk theory.
1: Mm, What's quirk theory?
0: Yeah, it's this idea that when we're young, especially in middle school and high school, we're looking around the world and we're trying to figure out how the hell do I fit in? What can I do that will make me liked, that will make me the same as the people around me? And that happens. It's a phenomenon. As we grow older, the things that alienated us as kids are the very things that make us successful, likable, different, and ultimately win admiration and respect in adulthood. And so the tables turn
1: this is really interesting. I was just actually talking about this last night. Um, I had this revelation, you know, when I first came to this country, my whole thing wasn't to be smart. It was just to fit in. And I grew up in the 80s in a very uh, predominantly white world, lots of uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, skater surfers. And me being um, a little Korean boy, I so desperately wanted to fit in. And, and I think that I've laid those tracks early where if you track my story, it's always been, um, you know, getting into the party, getting in with the cool kids, always trying to fit in. Like all, all of that has been kind of a running theme in my life.
0: Yeah. And how far did that get you in terms of your authentic life and your lived experience and what's really meaningful to you as an adult?
1: It didn't get me far, uh, but it did prevent me from being bullied. <laughs> so <Aww.
0: laughs>
1: so I, I never got bullied, which because I was very lucky that I, I did manage to, um, you know, uh, get into the quad or hang out with the cool kids or the rebels or whatever. So uh, those experience, uh, those experiences socially were good, but at the same time, did I feel like an outsider? Did I feel inadequate? You know, did I feel less than? Uh, And and in some clicks, of course, right? Um, Ultimately, I think it waters you down. Ultimately, when you are trying to fit in, instead of being your unique solid self, then uh, you're, you're you're graying yourself out, you know, you're not, you're not truly showing yourself in the world that you were meant to.
0: Absolutely. And so when we're thinking about ourselves as coaches and as future clients, it's important to remember that every single adult walking around out there today has had some sort of experience like this, where we've had to come to understand ourselves, we've had to come to know ourselves, and maybe we've changed and grown, maybe relationships have expired and moved on, and we're all there. We're all just trying to figure it out.
1: Right, right. Um... I have a, a quick story. So when I was working uh, with eating disorder clients and it was a very high end treatment center and I was super excited I got the job because it paid well and you had to wear you know, slacks and tuck in your shirt. And I remember um, about a weekend I brought a, um, a, a, a CD player. We had CD players back then and I brought an assortment of movies to do cinema therapy in groups because I didn't want to use the generic interventions in the, uh, the file cabinet. And because of that, because and I actually wrote a blog called The Day I Didn't Fit In, um because of that I got fired. And <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, the blessing was uh was the universe telling me that you don't fit in here with um the the, the norm or the or the uh protocol. Um if you want to do cinema therapy and you wanna uh color outside the lines, you need to go do that do that and this space is not gonna provide that for you. And so that was the beginning of me you know, doing my own thing instead of um, being employed uh, in, in treatment centers where you have to, f- to follow the rules.
0: Yes, and I think that that is so evident for so many folks who become coaches, that you didn't fit into the mold, you didn't fit into the box. And for me, at least with our organization, something that I tell all of our coaches is I want them to be beacons of hope in the world. Get those freak flags out and start waving them on every street corner and let people know it's okay to be you.
1: I think it's one of the most important factors in being a coach today because there's so much noise out there, you know, because there's so many people um, who are not certified coaches that are making videos and, you know, there's a lot of talking heads. Um, a lot of people kind of copying and pasting things that they've read, right? So, um and it doesn't matter in what format, whether it's audio video or 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 the written word, um, y- if you decide to really be, you know, like you said, wave your freak flag, which I love, and be uniquely you and 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 you know express your story and yourself um, through your lens, then you're gonna stand out from the the quote unquote noise.
0: Yes, and your people will find you, and you will also be a role model for younger folks to say it gets better. Did you know that I was bullied pretty heavily? Actually.
1: Oh, I didn't know that in high school yeah. or growing up. Or...
0: No, middle school, and interestingly, in college.
1: Mm. How were you, how were yeah. you bullied in college? Is it because you were? Um um smart <laughs> what, what, <laughs> well what
0: th- no I, I think it had more to do with my difference um and it was in the dorms
1: oh you lived in you lived in the dorms right and I so, lived in
0: dorms yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was a roommate that were you
1: me. oh interesting and so how did that affect your experience and also beliefs about self
0: well you know, it's interesting. What, you, um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think that's really kind of the time in my life where I learned to say, fuck it. And if you don't like me, that's okay. Guess what? I like me. And I will find my people and I found my people. And, you know, today when I share this story, especially with our coaches, they're like, oh, my God, that happened to you. How is that possible? And I'm like, "Wow, well, you know, I'm comfortable in my skin now. There was a really long time where I wasn't.
1: Yeah. And by the way, uh, I like me. Is a journey. You know, it starts with uh, an announcement, maybe one looking into the mirror. But it is a journey, and there are some days that you know I don't like myself as much, and there are some days that I really like myself. And I think that uh, um, that that it it isn't just over the weekend thing, but uh, it is a journey. I, I think that we uh, wrestle with throughout our life, liking ourselves.
0: Oh, very much so. And, you know, leaning into your quirks, leaning into the things that are inborn, that are just part of you, their qualities, their desires, their interests, their things that you can't deny. Those things are actually going to be what speaks to your audience.
1: I was just at dinner talking to um, my girlfriend, Vanessa, about this, and we're talking about friends and the kind of people we like, And I remember saying that I would rather have someone be an asshole, but I just love who they are because they're unapologetic. I have more respect for that person than someone who's extremely nice all the time, but they don't show their true self. And so they just kind of become invisible. That annoys me. (laughs) I
0: I think you make a really good point. You know, if, if you stand for something, inherently and ultimately it means that you are standing against something else.
1: Yeah. It's better to disagree but respect the person than agree but not respect the person.
0: Yes. Yes, and it's and I think, you know, and this is such a complicated statement that I'm going to make because of the world that we live in, the way that news is spread, the invisibility that people have when they're mean to other people on social media because they're not actually making contact with that person. So here's my statement that is complicated. It's okay to polarize.
1: Mm. Okay, what do you mean by that?
0: So just taking my own journey as a feminist coach, I was thinking about this pretty deeply. And for me to be out there in the world and say, okay, I'm a feminist. I adhere to feminist tenets. It's how I coach. What does that mean that I'm against? Well, frankly, the patriarchy and capitalism. Those are that's polarizing. That's straight polarizing. There are are, are going to be a lot of people who don't agree with me and there are going to be some people who do agree with me. But the folks that agree with me are my people.
1: Yes. And so by polarizing, um, you're saying you're naturally finding your people, Um, the people that agree with your um, ideas and thoughts, they're they're going to be attracted to you. And the people that don't, um, you don't want them around anyway, because it's just going to be conflict.
0: Well… So there's a caveat there. And there's a quote I wanted to bring in uh, by Seth Godin. And he says, extremism in the pursuit of remarkability is no sin. In fact, it's practically a requirement. And what I liked about this pull quote is the pursuit of remarkability. I'm not just out there saying, me, 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 listen to me, I'm right. I'm saying this is the way I see the world. And in fact, if someone doesn't agree with me, I would love to sit down with them and have an honest conversation and see perhaps what I may be able to learn. And if my own lens can shift, I'm open. I am completely open to changing my mind. My pursuit is to be remarkable in the academic discourse I put into the world.
1: So that's the piece that I think is imperative and important is... The open, um, so you have your ideas. Uh, also, as a feminist coach, and uh, uh, not into capitalism and all that. If you're not open to also having conversations and being curious about other people's opinions, then you're creating an island. Then you're, you know, then you're, um, you're secluding yourself. You're isolating yourself. But the openness, I think. Uh, keeps it a conversation uh, keeps you open to meeting other people but at the same time um you have your stance and you will gravitate toward the people that uh that uh, that is your tribe because of the common beliefs
0: oh yeah and and when we're talking really specifically and narrowly about coaching and my coaching clients i'm not saying that i won't hang out or be friends with anybody who doesn't agree with me but the people who come to me for a very selective service need to be open to the tenants and concepts that I espouse, or else it's not going to work.
1: Yes. And what do you think about as a coach, um, expressing your, whether it's political, religious, or, you know, all the other all controversial topics, um, as a coach, how much of that do you put out into the world?
0: So as a coach, I really come from practicing a stance of non-judgment. And What I put out into the world as Noel the human, whether it's a Facebook post or an article, you know, I'm very conscious of representing our brand. And so I don't actually include any of my personal or philosophical beliefs in that stuff. When I do work with a client, before we go into session, I explain what feminist coaching is and I explain the framework around it and say, this is This is the lens, this is the framework. I'm not going to assume that all genders are created equal. In fact, I'm going to assume that there is inequality. And if that's okay with someone and they feel comfortable with me and there's intimacy there, then we proceed. And once I'm in session, my life ideas pursuits, whatever, have nothing to do with what goes on. It is a 100% stance of non-judgment, and I tune into the client.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's important because if there is judgment, if uh, you're going into it, uh, trying to put you know your ideas and, and your opinions in the way that you see the world onto your client, then you know that you're doing a disservice to your client
0: yeah and and to me that's also not ethical you know you 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 really want to come from a stance of non-judgment and openness because people don't know what they don't know and i can never ever fault someone for not seeing what they can't see
1: yes and so going back to this idea that you're not for everyone um if that statement alone brings you anxiety sit with it because it's something that you will have to accept Um, and, and you will have to accept it because it's a good thing. Once you realize and accept that you are not for everyone, then you can really focus on the people that you are for.
0: And you hone your voice and your voice becomes powerful in that way.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, if if you are concerned with, uh, liking everyone, it's going to stretch you out. It's going to exhaust you. Um, and also I think your, your, your coaching career can be short lived, but if you just focus on who you are and expressing your gifts in a way that is honest to you, then it's almost effortless. It's almost, and then if you have a community that supports that, uh, then that's very empowering.
0: That's one of the things that I love the most about our community is we let each other be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's what I love about uh, on a micro level, our immediate team, and also um, on a macro level, our entire community awesomest people in the world yes guys just a reminder to not be concerned with other people think i always tell people if everyone likes you no one likes you be yourself and as noelle says we will end on this wave your freak flag